0: This is a DMB Society Podcast. I got a sister named Jane. And this is the pod that Jane likes. And now here are your hosts, Jeanette, Trisha, Matt, and Sean what is up everybody welcome back to the pod that jane likes this is matt along with Jeanette, sean and trisha how is everybody doing this fine evening
1: hi hi everybody what's doing going good. on matt
0: what's going on there's there's a few things going on there's a few things going on it's been a couple weeks since we've been together uh when we last gathered uh everybody heard me sing dreams of our fathers ah, yes and, we
2: uh, did <laughs>
0: you know what a what a moment for the for the podcast <laughs> what a moment for the world really to, uh, what a moment what in the history
3: of that song in that that really <laughs> brief history of that song
0: yeah right right we're uh you know we're going to talk about some anniversaries and i'm sure that people will be talking about the anniversary of me singing dreams of our Fathers" percent. so uh you know if you're if you're uh if you listen to that and you've listened to us before thank you welcome back to our uh to our podcast if you're new here uh, welcome. We are uh, excited that you're here. Uh, we want to tell you a little bit about ourselves. Um, with uh, some links to our social media, you can find us on uh, on Instagram at Pod the Jane Likes. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. And um, when you go to one of these locations, you'll also find a link to our Pod the Jane Likes merchandise store. Uh, which is up, and we have our fall tour shirt, which uh, both Jeanette and myself are sporting right now. (laughs) You
2: guys are decked
0: Uh, out, (laughs) which uh, which is great. Sean did an amazing job with the uh, with the graphic. Uh, so go check those out. There's uh, uh, cities listed on the back, and uh, they're long sleeve and we'll keep you warm during these cooler fall nights (laughs) uh we had we had a little bit of news over the past uh couple weeks since we recorded we had a europe tour announcement guys this is big we're going to talk about this a little bit more and where are you going later on um but but very very exciting we have 19 dates across the pond uh, everywhere from Prague to Dublin to London. And uh, I know that there will be a pod presence uh, over there when that happens next year in 2024, uh, which is great. But the other news that happened this week that we want to jump right into with our segment that we call The Opener is Dave and Tim and a whole lot of other people played Farmade this past weekend. And we want to... Uh, talk a little bit about that in our segment that we call the opener So our lucky friends in the Midwest in Indiana got to uh, head back to Deer Creek for another show this past weekend to see Dave and Tim play Farm Aid. Um, what was everyone's initial impression of, uh, of the show? We also had a lot of other uh, great artists and a great live stream. So uh, I'm going to start with Jeanette. What did you think about Farm Aid as a whole?
1: Well, you know, it, it, it was interesting because, there, you know, Farm Aid has been in the Northeast quite a few times. And sometimes the, the, the lineup doesn't draw me in. But this lineup this year, man, I would have loved to have gone to this one. Bobby me Weir, too. Nathaniel Ratliff, um Lucas Nelson. I would have loved this lineup. I watched the live stream, you know, from about two o'clock on. It was a great, great live stream. It was great to watch.
0: Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the the only thing about Formade that uh, that always gets me is like I'm always wanting more, right, you know. Like right. I'm I'm always like, that's it. Like that was so great. Like let's keep going, you know. And like a lot of these, a lot of the bands, like even like Bobby and Wolf Bros, three played three songs, three songs because they played yeah. a full Dark Star, and so we only got <laughs> three songs in like thirty minutes. You know, it's like they had to you know move on to the next one. Um, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a cool show. Uh, Sean, what did you think of the Dave and Tim set?
3: I enjoyed it. I I always enjoy farm aid. And, uh, part of the reason is because as we've talked about before, as Matt has pointed out a number of times before, there really aren't very many instances over the course of a calendar year where you can count on something this band is doing, being streamed. Um, video wise, Mm -hmm. of course we have the Friday Mm -hmm. night concert series during the tour. Uh, but the fact that there's a, a live video stream for this is always kind of a draw. Um, but, but I enjoyed it. I, I, I think that going back to Deer Creek, that that's, that's a massive venue for FarmAid to take place at. It's the first time that farm aid was there since 2001. Um, so it, in some ways it was kind of a, a, a return, if you will. And it, it's, it's an event that is, is really important to, to the, to the band, more specifically to Dave, Dave's been uh, on the board of directors with Farm Aid since 2001, which, which also happened to be the last time that it was in Deer Creek. So I think that it's a great event, a great cause. And in terms of the actual set, I thought it was pretty standard. Um, I don't necessarily know if we had any surprises or any curveballs. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a really enjoyable set. I know mm-hmm. for me personally, Monsters was kind of the standout to me. Um, Hmm. I, I'm continually impressed how that song translates into different settings, whether it be Dave and Tim, whether it be full band, the growth of that song over the course of the summer. And, and of course, if you remember monsters debuted in Mexico with Dave and Tim. So in some ways it was really cool to hear all of these months later, the two of them going back and revisiting it after they've played it a number of times in a number of different ways. So, uh. I, I enjoyed Farm Aid, really enjoyed Monsters. Um, it's a, it was a great event.
0: I enjoyed during Monsters uh, Dave's story before they launched into the song. Yeah. I thought it was really, um, you know, it's it's eye opening because sometimes you get these canned responses when you hear interviews about the same album over and over again. And I just thought that this was um, this was new and interesting and different. And uh, I. I really enjoyed that, uh Trisha. What was your highlight?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love farm aid every year. This is such an important cause to focus on family farmers, and I know that it's not in our everyday mind about how important family farmers are, how important you know buying local is, and how much family farmers are taking care of the land. Like, it's not in our everyday mind, yet it literally affects our everyday lives. And so Farm Aid is just that day where I like commit to like thinking about it and being aware of it and donating to it. And I really appreciate all of these artists coming together to do that every year. And we had a lot of listeners on the ground and really said it was beautifully done this year. Just the vendors, the merch, the, the speakers, the farmers that came up, uh, that awesome. it was really, really well done. Um, in terms of the set, you know, here's a curveball for listeners because it was a curveball for me. I just learned that Rye Whiskey was a cover and maybe people knew that but I don't think people knew that because it's a cover from what year guys I mean
0: honestly 1931 I
2: think it oh, is,
1: yeah. is the
3: 1931 original. Cry. if a tree don't fall on me I'll live till I die it's a cover of a cover, per-
1: right? Like I mean, a Pete yeah, Seeger covered it. It was first, a Pete right? Seeger, yeah. Right.
0: And I think Dave Dave unearthed it for a Pete Seeger tribute. Is yes. that right, Sean?
3: Ah. Yeah, he he did. So it it first saw the light of day in two thousand nine. It was uh, teased in Atlanta in two thousand nine, and then um, two thousand nine is actually the most it was ever covered in a year. So the first full band performance um, of Rye Whiskey. Took place on four twenty nine oh nine, Alpharetta, Georgia. Actually released as live tracks fifty five, so it's out there and available if you are interested in checking out that show. But two thousand nine was kind of the uh, the birth of the the DMB Dave Matthews version of this song.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a great song, and I sort of knew it was like now that I think about it, a cover, but really, like, how was I supposed to know it's a cover from the 1930s? (laughs) So, I, you know what I mean? So, I just thought that maybe our listeners would like that tidbit. And of course, I agree Monsters was the highlight, Crush was beautiful. I thought Dave sounded great, and obviously, Farm Aid is that it's just like a little tease, it's a little too short, but it definitely got my mind going for Mexico because Dave and Tim are just such a special duo together. So
1: all around great event. And I think they raised a ton of money. Yeah. good. I had a hot take that Virginia in the rain. I think I might've texted you guys during it, um, was probably the best, best Virginia in the rain I've ever heard. I don't know what (laughs) It was that is a hot it.
2: take because I was like, come
1: on, it's been played all year. Oh, it's really good I don't with know. the band. I, they, I just think it sounded <laughs> incredible. No, it was really good with the band. Yeah, but for, I, I think maybe hearing it again, Dave and Tim, yeah. after not hearing it so long, mm-hmm. it sounded very haunting. And I don't know mm-hmm. what Tim was doing, but it sounded like there was an orchestra behind. And I'm like, where's there? There's no. There's no strings. <laughs> like, what? Why do I? What am I hearing? You know, like yeah, it just no. had a really, really cool sound. Yeah,
0: I pointed is. this out in. Um, when we were in Mexico, I was totally thrown because Tim started to do this new acoustic like percussion style that he did right. a lot this past weekend where he like really like takes his thumb and like hammers the top string, which like he would do in passing from time to time, you know, like older or, or in other. I shouldn't say older in other Dave and Tim performances, but he specifically has been doing this quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I think it really works here. So um, it was pretty cool.
3: One thing I think is interesting about Virginia and the Rain, Jeanette, in bringing that up, and we're going to talk about a couple of songs and an album that in some ways exclusively gets Dave and Tim love. I know that 2023 was kind of the return of the full band, Virginia and the Rain. Virginia and the Rain's an interesting song, though, if you look at the numbers behind it, because to date it's been played 85 times and 30 wow. of them are Dave and Tim performances. Oh, wow. wow. You know, so it's it's a song that kind of equally gets full band love and Dave and Tim love, mm. and there's not a ton of newer songs that kind of fit that description. So it's mm. it's always uh, an interesting little aspect of Virginia in the Rain.
0: I love it. We all love Virginia in the Rain. I think it was a highlight of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one interesting fact I think about Farm Aid. Actually, before I go into this, let me just throw one more thing out there regarding Farmade. I attended one time in 2008 when it was uh, at Great Woods in the Boston area, and it was so fun. You mentioned the food, Tricia, earlier. I mean, they bring in like all like local, obviously farm-to-table food, uh, which is mm. so much better than like your like chicken fingers and French fries or hot dogs or whatever kind of sandwich you can get at any <laughs> of these venues. <laughs> and um, that was a highlight for me. I remember. There were a couple of bands that I missed that I had hoped to see because I was so like taken with all the food <laughs> because it was so good. They so kept showing like a
1: commercial on the live stream of some lady with a pork chop, and I was like, Oh, I yes, I like so, eat yes. a pork chop at a concert. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> a Jimmy pork chop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what I was gonna say before I had that pork chop thought was that uh there was uh, there was one song in the set for David Tim. They played seven songs, which was uh, off of the Some Devil album. And another thing that happened this past week is it was the anniversary of a very, very big week for Dave Matthews and Dave Matthews Band. Uh, we're going to rewind it all the way back to 2003 and talk a little bit about that week because it was the week that Some Devil was released. And it was the week of arguably one of the best dave matthews band concerts of all time central park so we're going to throw it all the way back to 2003 you know let's get our britney spears and christina aguilera posters out and (laughs) talk about it in the jam All right. So we wanted to talk a lot about the week that was a long time ago, 20 years ago, in fact, in 2003, September of 2003. We have Some Devil and we have the Central Park Concert both released or both happening in the same week. Uh, Sean, can you set the stage for us? Where are we in 2003?
3: So 2003 was a pretty jam-packed DMB year. The year started out with a Dave and Tim tour that ran from March until April. And then the summer tour kicked off in Columbus, Ohio, in June of 2003, and the tour ran from June until September 24th, which was the Central Park Show, 55 shows took place over the course of the summer. What's interesting about the end of that tour is when the tour was originally announced, the Central Park Show was not included. Um, Central oh, Park wow. was not announced until a few weeks beforehand, and then uh, it it kind of became the conclusion to the Dave Matthews Band 20 2003 calendar year. But as Matt mentioned, uh, it, it was a really, really interesting and monumental 48 hours in the history of this band, because first of all, Some Devil is released uh, on September 23rd, the day before Central Park. And then you fast forward 24 hours later and there we have the dave matthews band in central park performing the largest show that they've ever performed uh, one of the largest shows anybody has ever performed in this country and it it really over the course of time it's really stood the test of time in a lot of ways it's it's kind of become the show for a lot of people who get into this band it the the show kind of has a little bit of everything Um, and we're going to talk about that, but, um, uh, yeah. So 2003 really big year, central park, some devil all taking place as the summer tour was wrapping up. What a 48 hours.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, you know, we definitely want to get into central park, but, uh, first I think we should definitely jump into some devil. Uh, I mean, this album was the first studio album studio solo album for just Dave. And, you know, if you go back and read interviews from around that time, uh, you'll hear that Dave was obviously, obviously, Dave is always writing at this point, he was writing in, uh, in a way that wasn't necessarily jiving with the band, He, he was talking about how a lot of these songs just didn't, didn't have traction with DMB. And so he started to write and he started to record a little bit. And then he, uh, you know, brought in some other musicians and then this whole thing just started to snowball and uh, out popped Some Devil. And uh, I think Some Devil has a place in, uh, obviously in DMB lore, but also, you know, in in just growing up with, with Dave Matthews and Dave Matthews Band. I mean, I remember I was in college. I remember, uh, you know, exactly like, Anytime like the first couple of notes to trouble start, I can just picture myself walking Mm. to class like I am there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in like the kind of chilly autumn morning walking to class listening to this album. And, you know, I, I wore it out. This is, you know, this is a start to finish, like, you know, great album. I would we often talk about studio offerings from DMB and where we rank them and all of that. And I don't like to put this with those albums because I think it is very different. Um, so it's it's sort of out there on an island, but I think it's uh I think it's incredible when you start to talk about your least favorite song being like a song like gravedigger on the album. You know, you know that, and that's like that's that's that song won a Grammy from yeah, like the one they won a
2: Grammy for. Yeah, like (laughs) I think
0: if I had to rank them, that's like towards the bottom, and that's just saying you know, yeah, so many great things about it. So. Uh, we want to go around here and uh, I want everybody to share, you know, their favorite memory of some devil favorite moment. I think we will eventually do a full pod that Jane likes album review on this album. But for right now, uh, you know, let's take it back to 2003 and and talk about um, talk about the album. So Trisha, where where does this sit with you? What what's your general feeling, you know, about about some devil?
2: Oh, so many feelings. Here's a hot take this is my favorite album. I didn't say best album. I said favorite. (laughs) Uh, And I really was uh, listening to this album really since the anniversary, which was a couple of days ago at this point, um, nonstop. And it just, it makes everything in my, like I feel it in every bone in my body. And it took me back to college where I was driving Interstate 80 out to Penn State often. Uh, That's where I went to school. And it does remind me of my college days, but it also got me thinking about just where I was in my own fandom. Like I, be- I, my first show was in 99. And so like busted stuff and some devil were like the first two albums that came when I was like deeply into it, not going back to the albums, right? Like it was like the fresh ones that came out. And so I just feel like it hits in a different way. Um, some devil specifically. it's like moody and darker. I took a walk today. I'm in Pennsylvania, and like the leaves are changing. and it was dark and rainy. And it was like the perfect album to just listen to, mm. start to finish. Um and I'm kind of with you on trouble being maybe you didn't say it was your favorite, but trouble is is really I mean, such a highlight.
0: It- Yeah, I would say Trouble is probably my favorite off the album, but it's one of those where, you know, you just look at the tracks on there, like, you know, you've got Dodo, you've got Trouble, Mm. you've got uh, Ray Blue Eyes, Too High, you know, like, it's just like, you know, there's some songs especially that, you know, that still don't get played in a DMB setting. Um, And, you know, you may only hear them in Mexico, but it is a treat when that happens because you know there's often times where i you know i've i've gone in deep obviously with uh many dave matthews and dave matthews band songs over the last you know however many years i can't even think about how 25 years that i've been a fan and there's sometimes when a song is like you know you have you have a moment with the song but the band doesn't necessarily have a moment with a song and you're like, I'm never going to hear this live. And then when something like that reappears, you're like, Oh, this is amazingly, even though like I've seen this band play Jimmy thing a hundred times, it is still the band that also is responsible for this other song. Mm. And I feel like there's so (laughs) many of those, like if they ever, ever, ever came back somehow, that would be, uh, you know, incredible, obviously in a, in a Mexico setting, it's great, but you know, it, it would, it would just be, it would just be wild if we saw like up and away, uh, you know or too high and you know in a full well, band setting I don't remember.
2: too high in Mexico when they played it one night and then opened it opened with like a truncated or whatever you want to call it the next night
1: minutes hold on to hours got you twisting all you need is a hold
2: Especially, you know, listening to the studio album made me really appreciate that we get so damn lucky and, and so much. And we get Save Me when he's with Tim a lot, but it made me appreciate yeah. it a lot.
0: Sean, what's your standout uh, moment, song, feeling about Some Devil?
3: So I think Some Devil for me is a feeling above all. And interestingly enough, uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're having this conversation around the anniversary of the album, because the feeling that I have with this album and have had for years upon years is uh, a season, specifically fall, uh, the the time that this album came out. And it is an album that no matter when I listen to it, whether it is uh, this time of year, reflecting on when the album was released, whether it's another time of the year, I'm always instantly transported back into cooler northeast weather leaves changing colors this album maybe more than any dmb album has a tie to me to a specific season um and it Mm -hmm. and it's it's a pretty powerful thing ironically so many of the songs on this album over time have become mexico exclusive songs and it's it's kind of ironic that you have to go to mexico at least these last few years to hear songs like dodo or up and away mm-hmm. or trouble and that mm-hmm. they're played on a beach in 85 degree weather. I'm instantly transported to mm-hmm. the fall and hoodies right. and jeans and you know, that whole mm-hmm. thing. So some devil above everything. I love some devil. There's so much that I love about this album. Uh, but above all of that, it's a, it's a feeling, it's a vibe. And that vibe is a season specifically, uh, fall.
0: Does anybody else uh, find themselves when they listen to it, like looking over your shoulder, like the cover?
3: You
0: know, like, <laughs> like, like, trying imagine, to do the eyebrow. you in a cover shoot, like
2: trying to I mean, the eyebrows. No, but now I'm going to think about <laughs> that. All yeah. The time. I, 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 I,
0: you know, maybe it's just me. I'm just <laughs> stopping at a crosswalk, and I'm like. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, it, it, how I, speaking of things that are ironic about this album, I've, I've also thought I've always thought that it's ironic that so much of this album really has never translated into a full band setting. Of course, we've mm-hmm. had Dave and Friends tours and, and we had one to complete the 2003 year after the release of this album. But there's really only a handful of songs that 20 years later, So Damn Lucky, of course, is one of those. Grave diggers. one mm-hmm. of those. There's a few songs on this album that get the the full dmb band treatment but overall this album is not that it really has never become that um and in some ways it's a bummer especially with where dmb is now with with buddy kind of finding his his footing with this band i every single tour year have up and away in my head as a song that would sound great with this band and let buddy do his organ stuff on Mm -hmm. on up and away like it's meant to have Um, i i'm going to continue to hope that some of these songs at some point, end up getting the the regular rotation of the DMB treatment.
0: Well, I think um, uh, one thing that I, I would want to point out about Dave and Friends, uh, you know, the gateway drug for me into the Grateful Dead, which was John Mayer, is very similar to where Dave Matthews was in 2003 with Dave and Friends, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. he gathered this band together you know, obviously didn't have the rich history of the Grateful Dead, but, you know, a guitar player like Trey Anastasio and, uh, you know, Ray Paskowski, who had played in Trey's band for a long time, and, you know, Tony Hall and Brady Blade, who are um, just incredibly, incredible musicians. And of course, Tim, um, you know, it was just sort of like taking this person who had a history of doing certain things and putting them in this new setting and, uh just kind of seeing what happened and you know i wish that there had been another dave and friends tour because i really did enjoy mm-hmm. it uh, mm-hmm. i didn't enjoy it as much as i do dmb but i thought you know with with space to grow and you know some songs being like busted out and new covers and stuff like that i just thought it would have been a lot of fun to see what that band could do and i also think it's interesting um i don't know if you got you know this is one of those uh you know, JTR bro moments that you hear around a tailgate a lot, a lot is um, there were many people who used to always say Dave has a contract with RCA Records for mm-hmm. a second solo album. And people would always say that and be like, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. This song's going to be on it. And like, you know, he's been in the studio and all this other stuff. Um And uh, it'd be interesting to see if that happens. I mean, uh, you could argue that Come tomorrow, was that? But oh my uh, god, you know, it's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a story no, for no, well, it was not. Um, reeling it back in, sorry to go off on a tangent <laughs> like that. Jeanette, what was what is your uh overarching some devil feeling?
3: Well,
1: both Sean and Trisha kind of uh really touched on this, but it is the season of fall, it is the minute dodo comes on i Mm. see leaves blowing in the wind like it just that's what that sounds like to me one second time when the world is just a pancake fears would arise if you went too far you know, the yeah. beginning of Dodo, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like leaves blowing. Like, uh, as soon as I hear those notes, um, I'm transported. The minute the temperature turns below 70, I'm like, oh, it's time for some devil. Like, it's <laughs> legit. Oh, <laughs> the air some might devil be
0: season.
1: Yep, the air's a little crisp. Gotta put on some devil. I don't know why. It just goes, I hardly listen to it any other time of the year. It's just so, it's so funny because it's one of those albums that I really do associate with the season. So when Sean said that, I was like, that's exactly that's exactly how I feel about it. You know? Um, yeah. And for me, it's probably trouble too. also probably my favorite song on the album. And then Dodo is just almost a masterpiece. Mm. Say or leave is probably the saddest song Dave has ever written. And I just think it's gorgeous. Um, and I, and so damn lucky too, the imagery and so damn lucky, like Mm -hmm. I can see the car spinning and I just, there's so many great tunes on this album. Um, it's you know it's sometimes forgotten about right because it is solo and we don't think of it as a band album but it is really it is really a treat and i'll i don't i remember 2003 going to pick it up the day on the 23rd and not knowing really what to expect i mean we knew grave digger um but that was really it and i didn't really know what to expect and just being like mesmerized by this sound Uh. that was not quite my band but also like the lyricist that I love is there Mm -hmm. and it's still, it was still like so gorgeous. And I remember listening to it for 24 hours straight. I mean, until Mm -hmm. at work with my headphones on listening to it. And then I left work early and I headed to Manhattan to go to central park. And I had it on until I was in that park because it was just an incredible album. And, and also weird transition because here I am listening to this album that I know is not going to be played at all. Right. Right. I'm going to open
3: with Dodo, bro. (laughs) But yeah,
1: like it was such an incredible 24 hours. 48
2: hours. What a weird 24 hours, though. I mean, to be. Yeah. Right. Because like you're consuming a whole album and then you're going to be in like the biggest show that they ever played. I mean, that's just like a wild thing. I can't imagine what that must have been like.
1: It was
3: wild. It was. It
1: was very weird.
3: (laughs) How about the, the uniqueness of consuming the album the way that you're describing Jeanette? and then you see the person who put that album out the following day and nothing from that album is played no you know it was it's, very it's... much
1: like you had to shut that off you had to shut yeah. that part of your brain off you know because wow. you were like you were like i'm gonna yeah and you and you know you're walking into central park and there and this is the biggest show that they've ever played in their lives and And so you're you're preparing yourself for classics, you know, um, not so much some devil, but man, and it was like and then you just the next day just went right back into some devil again, you know, but an incredible 48 hours like I can't even I can't like you. It really you had to compartmentalize it. Really, it was it was incredible.
0: Yeah, quite the you know, quite the scheduling, right? (laughs) Quite the scheduling from somebody from Corn Capshaw. Who knows who who scheduled all of this, but. Uh, It was a crazy time, you know, uh, taking me back to 2003 for some devil. um, uh, We also want to share each of our kind of feelings and experiences on the Central Park concert. Um, My then girlfriend, now wife, uh, was going to school in New York City at the time. And I don't even know if like. Were camera phones a thing? I don't even think camera phones <laughs> were a thing. No, but- they, were,
1: they were definitely flip phones, but you could take like a really grainy photo.
0: Yeah, like yeah. something like that because they had, you know, you, you had to go get a ticket to the show. Yes. And it was around Manhattan and she would, like, she collected several of these tickets for me. Uh, You know, I just, I just remember that. And I also remember, and this is, this is really funny. My wife has been to. Uh, a ton of shows. She would never tell you that she's been to a ton of shows, but she's been to like some she's somewhere in the 80s. I'm not exactly sure where she is. But the one show that she has gone to to see Dave Matthews or DMB or whatever that I did not attend was Central Park. And I stuck wow. around <laughs> in Boston. She's in New York. I stuck around in Boston because my major, which was broadcast journalism, we had a class on wednesdays we had it once a week on wednesdays and it was very important i'm like i can skip a class if i have it you know two or three times a week but this class that happens once a week that's my major i can't skip it and we <laughs> went into class that day and it was just a snoozer and you it was like skipped it oh, i what should understand. have skipped. it's one of the biggest regrets that i've ever had was I sticking bet. it out in that class i remember <laughs> like we did stuff for maybe 20 minutes and then like, it was like, you know, just like finish up the work that you had done in the previous. I was like, you have to be kidding me. And at that point it was too late to, you know, jump on the Chinatown bus, uh, you know, mm. to go from Boston, New York, which I did, you know, dozens of times, obviously. So that was the big, that was the big thing. Like literally one of the biggest regrets of my life is not attending this show because it yeah. would have been very, very easy. Big um, fail, Jeanette, obviously you were there, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, tell us about the scene.
1: Yeah, well, I often say, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you've been to 200 and blah, blah, blah shows, what's your favorite? Like, like, I'm not gonna have a favorite, you know, cause there's so many, but I often say it's Central Park. It's nice to run into you in the park here. The greatest park in the world in the middle of the greatest city in the world. My mind is blown. There's just, it was magic in the air. It was just the perfect day. It was like, again, back to the crisp weather. We were like in shorts and capris, but also hoodies. You know, like it was very fall. It was very, there was just something about the way. Gap vests. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of of early 2000s (laughs) jeans happening, you know. Um, But there was just something in the air. It was just to know, I was, I got pretty lucky on my spot of where I was. I was pretty close to the stage. I was probably like,
2: nice. you know, they
1: kind of like sections it off, you know? So there was like, a, like, a, like three main sections. I was in the first one, um, p- towards the back. Mm. So I had plenty of dancing room. Um, but, um, to think that behind me, there was like 80,000 people, which wow. is just insanity, you know? And to yep. think, um, and just looking at the trees that surrounded the whole entire great lawn, they were all lit up. To the music, mm. it was just an incredible scene and and I, I i don't I rarely think about how lucky I was to be there. you know what I mean like I, I there was no doubt in my mind I was going with tick with or without ticket, like I was going like as soon as it was announced, I lived close enough to Manhattan that i was i come hell or high water I was going to be there <laughs> um but to think that I got in got such a great spot, and it was. Mm-hmm a great set and everything, everything was just everything worked out perfectly. Like there were no nobody was late. Nobody was this. Nobody. I was just like everything worked out perfectly. I'll never forget that day. It's one of the greatest days of my life for sure.
0: And Trisha, you and I were talking um, recently when we when we were realizing that this was an anniversary and we were talking about it um, because I didn't go. And I know that you weren't there. We both remember sort of being there with the infancy of live streams right like broadband internet is like sort of a thing at this point yeah and uh this was an audio stream Mm -hmm. right like that's what we that's what we were talking we both remember an audio stream uh i remember i had all the lights off in my dorm and i had like (laughs) the visual the visualizer on my computer like like and i'm just watching (laughs) that like go back and forth and listening to the show it was i mean it was it was uh it was cool
2: yeah like I wonder if there were any Shows live cast before that I'm sure there were but like at that time I don't know that felt very revolutionary to listen to Something like that yeah. you could hear the crowd Through that yeah. like it was It was a moment even if you weren't there I was also in my dorm room I was Laying in my bed with this guy Dean Not in a sexual way but he was the only
0: He was the Dean, only Dean of other... Odd Legend Dean.
2: Well <laughs> Where's Dean now? if you're listening I don't know If you're listening
1: Dean yeah, she we do him. a Where Are They Now episode? And <laughs> yeah, right. I know where Dean is.
0: Our first guest. Here he is. Dean. Dean. <laughs> he
2: was a great
1: guy. He was the only. My
2: it's kind of crazy to think about 20 years ago. He was like, I was only two hours away from Central Park, but I didn't really like have DB friends. I didn't have anybody to like really go with. So it was. I just didn't like, either. I
1: forced people to come with me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, right. We probably all had that situation. Yeah. But I remember we were, he was the only D. You know, he was the only DMB fan I knew. And so we were, like, really listening to this live stream. Uh, so excited. And I, and I just remember being really, real shook uh, by it, for sure. What a time.
0: And then, of course, we get the uh, the live release. We get a DVD. We get a VHS, I believe. And we also get a CD. Right, Sean?
3: Yeah. So lot, lots of formats. Uh, and And the show itself, I think... Well, so one thing I do I want to note uh, is that the show was a benefit for public schools in New York City and in Charlottesville. And, you know, for whatever reason, that always kind of slips my mind when I think about the show because of yeah. the sheer magnitude of this and the history of the band. Um, but yeah, Matt, Matt's right. Several different formats. And really 2003 was a time period before there were several different formats. Like that. that wasn't necessarily a thing then, but we did have a stream of this. We had a live stream of it. We got a DVD of this. Um, if you remember buying the CD, I certainly do. It came, it was three discs and yeah. there was like a little plastic divider inside of the yep. disc. Um, I, I can remember. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you how long, um, you know, I, I had that in my car and, you know, it'd be rattling around because of You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's that CD jewel case that it was in. I was right there with you. I scratched the shit out of that CD. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I probably the only DMB CD, the only live DMB CD that I personally owned that I wore out. Mm. That you know, I had to go back and go to a record store and buy it again because I I played it too many times and one of the discs stopped working. Um, But yeah, a a monumental show. Um, I think it is absolutely in the conversation for most important most significant show that the band has ever played. Um mm-hmm. I think there's two two, you know, debates you could have. What's the best show the band's played, what's the most important show. This one for me, definitely in that category of most important show. Absolutely. And it's a small list. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of a lot of other competing shows with the significance of this. The other thing that always stood out to me about Central Park is I I don't know it's it always is the show that comes to mind when I think of the most energy in a dmb show the energy was i mean it jumps off the screen when you watch that Mm greenie dvd it comes through your speakers when you're streaming it or you know if you if you have a cd player still um so that that's always been such a a standout part of this to me is the show was so energetic it has some of you know the most memorable versions of a few dmb songs and and what a um what a thing to have all kind of you know, compact into, uh, into one show, 2003, oddly, not a year that has got a lot of love over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting when you, when you look at each year of this band, 55 shows in the 20, 2003 summer tour, only two of them have been released. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and Central Park is of course one of those, but I would certainly love some more 2003 love. Um, and man, did they sound good that night in Central Park.
1: They really
0: did. Well, O two and O four are just such monster years in that's general, true. and yeah. I think that's probably why. Yeah, O
1: three gets lost in there, and it has it real does. monumental moments, and it's it, that's interesting. I will tell you this: that Jimmy thing is the only Jimmy thing I won't go get a sandwich for.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> <that>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I um love 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 the two step from mm. that. I think yeah. that that is you know, potentially arguably the best like single performance of a song ever for, Mm -hmm. for DMB. You know, if you look at Mm -hmm. and you say, well, you know, there's a short list for concerts. I think that, you know, two step, just like the idea, like Dave's intro about, you know, being in Mm -hmm. like the, all about the city. city. Yeah. um, yeah, and uh, you know, just thinking about that and Butch's a uh, New
1: York, New York, interpolation in yes. the of it. Oh, yeah,
0: Butch Taylor. Let's Butch Taylor. Let's have a cool guy. show on <laughs> old gem on Butch. <laughs> Well,
2: <laughs> we should definitely put a post up after this. I would love to hear people. Yes. I bet you people have so many memories from Central Park. I would love to hear the people that Yeah,
0: where were, were peoples, were, where, where were you? Where were
2: you? For both, some devil and I can't yeah.
0: Yes, the whole 48 hours. It just I mean it's it's, it's yeah. wild to think about. You know, I I don't even know what that would equate to now, you know, because of these things were so different, you know, you've got Mm-hmm. Dave Solo, and then you have like the biggest concert that DMB had, you know, ever yep. played I, It's
2: <gasps> what about for twenty five years if they he released a solo and then oh. did a Central Park concert again?
0: Oh, we have to start wow. a campaign. Oh, we'll get that. Wow. Yeah,
1: yes. oh God, we, we need a redo. Re- we need uh, another shirt.
0: We <laughs> need a bigger shirt. Then <laughs> bring back full last stop. Full last stop. Yeah. <laughs> please. 20, At Central Park. Or twenty five twenty <laughs> fifth anniversary. Central Park and Some Devil Part Two. Please.
3: one of the things i think is so unique about this show is if you've been a fan of this band for a while you've probably listened to this show a number of times and i think you could you could pick out so many songs as your favorite performance from this show and you would probably Mm -hmm. be right you know matt you Mm -hmm. mentioned two-step uh how incredible is this nancy's into warehouse Mm -hmm. with that drunk man intro
1: I know it's late, I know last call is coming on But why don't you fill me up with one more long, long dream And then I go home, come on, hook me up That is my favorite um, moment of the night for sure, yeah. It's
3: an incredible granny. I mean, we we could go on and on with some of the performances in this show. Um what, what a, what a, what a treat to have, you know, 20 years later to be able to revisit it and the show's every bit as good today as it was 20 years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. And who could forget, you know, Warren Haynes also. Oh yeah. Uh, on yeah. Cortez. Cortez. And, and, and it, yep. And, and, uh, you know, Dave talks about how they've been meeting Warren in the city for such a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can go back and listen to the, that live tracks from, you know the early 90s with with warren in new york city which is uh which is a whole lot of fun and speaking of new york city we want to transition into where are you going right now because we want to talk a little fall tour we want to talk a little europe we want to talk about all the places that the band's going and that we're going in our final segment which we call where are you going So guys, we are two months, less than two months away from the this little eight city or sorry, eight date run It's eight eight shows, right? Eight shows, two weeks uh, for the fall tour. And then um, uh, and then we talked a little bit earlier about the news of the band going over to Europe next year in 2024. Uh, let's start with the fall tour we will all be together in attendance for msg uh you know we'll be meeting the band in the same way that warren has met the band in new york <laughs> city for the longest period of time same
1: thing we're same we're thing. gonna
0: be meeting. <laughs> we're gonna all be in attendance for both nights of msg hopefully bring back full last stop comes to fruition yeah uh, but but we will be there we're very excited Uh, we will also have some exclusive pod. The Jane likes merchandise for the shows. We're not exactly sure what that's going to be yet. At the very least, we'll be there handing out stickers. So please, if you're going to, uh, to MSG and you see us, you know, come over and we'll have a sticker for you. Uh, there may be some more other things to come, uh, stay tuned on that front, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about Europe guys. Everybody's kind of jazzed about, you know, about this little Europe, Situation, huh?
2: I am super excited. I went in 2019. Am I the only one that's been to Europe? Wow. I was the one that the only one that hasn't been to FarmAid. So I feel like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: uh, yeah.
3: yeah. 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 Tomato, tomato. (laughs)
2: Same thing. (laughs) Um, I think we're going to end up dedicating a whole episode to Europe because there's a lot to talk about. For sure. When we unpack the Europe performances and i think actually a little bit of uh of uh what to know before you go and what these venues are like what the people are like absolutely Um, and again i think as matt mentioned in the beginning of uh there's going to be some pod representation i think so
0: in some capacity
2: Ciao, is that how you say uh, ciao how in Italian? Ciao,
0: ciao. <laughs> yeah, like if we we'll have to come up with a name for you know we had our our uh, you know we t- we practiced our Spanish before we went to Mexico. Uh-huh, sure you did. know everyone's going to have to <laughs> practice how to say bartender in every language that the, you know that
3: the, the, <laughs> you're going to encounter. Over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, but but we certainly do want to you know dedicate some time because I think there is some worthwhile information. That Tricia can give to everybody about the experiences that she's had there. You know, the venues are very different. The crowds are very different. So we want to get into that. We'll also talk about at some point some of the releases uh, because there are some mm-hmm. great ones uh, from over there. Of course, you know, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know how much we love a box set. Love and a the box Europe set. O- <laughs> the Europe 09 box set is spectacular. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of other live tracks from over there. Right, John? We've got um Portugal. We've got, mm-hmm. uh, I think, at least one or two others, right?
3: Yeah. So we've got a couple of live tracks over the course of uh, the band's visits to Europe. And then we also have um, a Dave and Tim bonus disc that we got from Europe with some really cool versions of songs that, you know, aren't necessarily your traditional Dave and Tim songs. Um, so I, I think that DMB going to Europe is so different than what we're used to here in the states. Um, and we we get DMB whether it's summer tour, fall tour, we we get those tours here all the time, and we kind of know what to expect. This is a whole different animal, and uh, I, I'm really excited to see what this band brings. Obviously, this physical band, the literal band members, were together the last time that they were in Europe. But I think most people would agree that the band in 2019 and the band in 2023 slash 2024 are very, very different bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what this band that we have this year and rolling into next year, I'm really excited to see what those guys bring, um, bring abroad.
2: I'm really excited for those London shows. It's at a very iconic venue, Royal Albert Hall. It looks gorgeous, small capacity so I think those shores are going to be really great and I think one thing and I'll probably plug this in the next episode and anytime you hear from me on Instagram but like you know there is such a deep appreciation for people in those countries that get to see the band I mean I remember being over there and just like singing their hearts out because they at that time haven't seen the band since 2009 like they were just so like just like a grounding as an American going over there like these are not necessarily for us so no bad behavior when you're like Mm -hmm. trying to get close or whatever because like you know having some respect for the people that like do not get to see this band right right the way that we get to see them
1: right also trisha correct me if i'm wrong but i heard european Audiences are way more respectful of the band and very quiet and kind of aren't really dancing around and screaming and they clap at the end of the song and that's it. But and I mean, they'll sing along, but they're not they're way more respectful than we are. Is this well, a pa- Paris was like the most respectful I felt like I was like seeing like opera
2: but like the people no. in the the bit were a little we were of a little while a little wild okay, and whatever okay. alright let's let's because save, it. Let's, save
0: it let's bit okay. of we little We of okay. okay. We little bit of a little bit of a little bit of
2: a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit i a little bit you a little bit of a little bit
0: Oh I can't I can't wait for this episode. This is going be- <laughs> to <laughs> give us all
2: kinds of accents. All the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Metal
0: accent. Yeah, all the, it's be it's I be
2: mean good. at minimum, I bought a $65 ticket in Italy, so I mean, I can't wait I to mean, get into that. That's amazing. How crazy we are over here in
1: this I country. I purchased a but- I purchased some tickets too, not gonna lie. Yeah, not gonna lie. Mm. Yet yeah, not
3: yeah. not only are the oui, oui. not only are the ticket prices way different than what we're used to, the venues are also way different than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, in addition to if you're from the States and getting to explore a new country, that's obviously the the big takeaway, but getting to see the band in, in such small, intimate venues, mm-hmm. that kind of has its charm on its own. There's a lot to be excited about the European tour, uh, and I'm really excited to talk about it in depth.
1: Yeah, I think what also is interesting is you bring up these small venues, but like some of the capacity varies so much. Like they're in Stockholm, Sweden, and I think it's like a 2,000 seater. And then. And they're in Copenhagen, and it's a fifteen thousand arena, fifteen thousand seat arena. So the magnitude, mm. the difference between all these shows, like, and if you and if you have the ability to see different types of shows and, and travel and, and get to see more than one country, I mean, this is such a great opportunity to do that. You it know, it really and is, and it, yeah,
2: it's an I excuse to get over there. You know, it is, and I was joking that I might I might actually pay more for Madison Square Garden. Then a couple stops. Oh, you will 100%. 100%, 100%. (laughs) So like,
1: I mean, it's not, it's not even really like, it's sad that that's kind of true. Yeah. You know
2: what I'm really, I'm not going to this show, but I am thinking about it. You had mentioned that there was a live track of live track of Lisbon. Right. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. closes out the European tour. And I'm, which I think, that, Which I think that's going to be are, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs>
1: electric.
2: They are so good. Yeah. yeah, that looks tempting. And that's on May 5th ending. So we have a late ending to the tour too. Mm-hmm. Um, May 5th. So we don't know how that impacts summer tour. We'll
1: see. <laughs> but they go right into it? Will they take a break? Right. Yeah. I hope they yeah. take a break. That seems like a very, uh, it's an aggressive training. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be having so much fun drinking all the wine. So, I'm sure they'll
2: be okay. <laughs> hopefully I am too. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun guys. I I I enjoyed our chat in the middle about uh Central Park and some devil. I hope that everybody really enjoys that, you know, share with us on social media about, you know, where you were for both of those things because I would love to see that. Uh, I know everybody else would as well. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed that too. So, uh, again thanks for listening thanks for the support check out our facebook and our instagram at pod the jane likes um head on over to our store as i said before we've got our uh, our fall tour t-shirts up there plug them one more time right here They look <laughs> great. and we will see you on the road see you
1: on the, on the road